welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. Today's message, 1,000 times more, is brought to you by Bishop Scotty Scott as part of the Going In series. This message was originally delivered on January 12th of 2020. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Every race, every race is a race of endurance. Every fight is a fight of endurance. They don't give, they don't give heavyweight titles to people who just know how to punch right. They give heavyweight titles to people who are standing when the punches are, are done. It's not a test of tactic. It's a test of endurance. The question is, are you still standing? <laughs> oh, I want somebody to look back at 2019. Hey! Hey! I crossed over and I'm still standing. Hallelujah. I feel God in this house. Amen. Can you give God a praise for this worship team? You have your Bible, your devices stand. I want to go right into the Word of God today. Thank you, team. What an awesome, awesome anointing that's in this house right now. There's something that happens. You can't get a word from God where there is no move of God. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord moved over the face of the deep, and then God said. You can get a sermon anywhere. You can go online and get that. But getting a message from God is a different thing. And I, I didn't come today to take over your Sunday for us to just go through somatics and us to just go through through just little little movements so that we could go through the motions and say we went to church this week. I came to get a word from God. I don't know about you, amen? I came to touch heaven and let heaven touch me, amen? And so I, I believe God's put a word in my spirit. It's dangerous, man, to put this kind of, person on a fast for 20 days because like then then stuff starts downloading in me and I, tr I have to contain it amen but I'm going to do a good job today and contain it if you have if you have your Bibles your devices I want you to turn with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 our, our series over this last over this next month start, starting last week on for January is going in turn to somebody say we going in we going in we going in we going in we we're going in and um and so I'm, I'm excited about how we are entering into this year and what God's going to do for the rest of this year and beyond. Amen. How many seeing God move in your life through this fast? How many seeing God move through, through the beginning of this year and setting, setting God, things apart and setting time for God? And I just believe God's going to honor it and he's already doing it. We're getting testimonies like crazy. Every day, Kelly and my phone's going off like, 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 doesn't stop. I, I can't hardly talk to her because she's talking to three people at the same time. And, and, and just reports of what God's doing and how God's moving and what God's changing. and what God, There's people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's people getting saved. There's people getting delivered. There's people, there's things that are coming loose off of them that have been for years. There's forgiveness happening in people's hearts that are just liberating them. Just over the last 12 days, it's amazing. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through verse 10, it reads, Therefore, seeing 
we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we faint not. <laughs> but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, or handling the word of God deceitfully. So your neighbor say, did you know you can handle the word of God deceitfully? Wow, that's something right there, right? Hmm. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, somebody say conscience, in the sight of God. Verse 3, but if our, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Somebody say, let it shine, let it shine. For we preach not ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, a while ago, somebody asked me, said, you know, you need to bring a little bit more of your own life into your messages. And you need to be a little more transparent and you need to share a little bit more of your testimony. And, and, and all of that's wonderful and good. But when I started ministry, the Lord spoke something to me. He said, he, he said, you never have to use you as the illustration. He said, because my word contains the illustration. Anybody that has to always preach their life doesn't know God's word. Oh, it's quiet now. Because all they got is their story. And my story may encourage you, but my story can't change you. His story can change you. It is the word of God. That's why the Old Testament is the schoolmaster that teaches us grace. When the Old Testament says, yay, the New Testament says, amen. What the Old Testament is, is natural illustration for what God says spiritually in the New Testament. That means whenever you start preaching New Testament, there's something in the Old Testament that lines up with that New Testament. All you got to do is know enough word from God to know what in the Old Testament goes with this New Testament. Look at him say, it's time to get back to the word. <laughs> it's time to get back to the word. Is anybody with me in here? I, I, look at him say, I'm done preaching myself. I'm ready to preach Jesus. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. Oh, this is for somebody right here. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. <laughs> Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That's powerful. Now turn with me to Deuteronomy. Anybody getting anything yet? We haven't even started. Ain't that awesome? Deuteronomy chapter 1. The Lord our God. Go to verse 6. Yeah. The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Look at him say, you've been here long enough. 
Yeah, turn three people say, you've been here long enough. You've been here long enough. Tur turn you and take your journey and go to the mountain of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain and in the hills and in the vale and in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites un and unto Lebanon and unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in. Look at them say, we're going in. <laughs> Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Turn to somebody and say, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. And I spake unto them at that time, somebody say time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. The Lord your God hath multiplied you. And behold, ye are this day as the stars of the heaven for a multitude. Somebody say, you're stronger than you think you are. And here's what I want to get to today. All that reading for this verse. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many as you are and bless you as he hath promised you. The Lord God make you a thousand times more. Hit somebody, high five somebody next to you, say, you're a thousand times more. You're a thousand times more. You're a th That's what we're going to minister on, a thousand times more. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Speak in this room, move in this room, have your way in this room, wreck this place, rearrange this place. We know how to put chairs back. We can do that, God. But put somebody's spirit right. Put somebody's mind right. Put somebody's destiny right. Set somebody on the path of righteousness that will lead them to every promise you have laid before them. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory. There is no flesh that glories in this house. The only thing that gets the glory is the only name worthy of the praise. The only name that we worship. That name that every devil still has to bow to. And every demon must confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. As you're seated, turn your never say, you're a thousand times more. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to go fast today. You with me? Everybody with me? Amen. Something that I believe you, you need to understand about the text is to understand where we are within Scripture in the Corinthian church when many people say that this is the most personal of the writings and epistles of, of Paul that he ever wrote. That many times he writes epistles and he's writing them to the congregation and for their good. And he's telling them and, and, and he's telling them about how to order things and what should be done right and what shouldn't be done right. He's putting spiritual context and alignment to the body of Christ and putting things in right order and releasing blessing or releasing command from God and for the body's sake. But this this gospel, this epistle rather, they, they say is the most personal many times out of most of all of the epistles because he's giving back to to the Corinthian church who have gotten a little puffed up in themselves because it's been a little bit since he's been by amen and so as, as, if you've ever left your kids alone too long you know what I'm talking about in fact he starts out he starts out this epistle talking about I know you may not think that I will come to you but I will come to you 
And he said, and he said, would you rather me come with a whip or with blessing? Is anybody with me right now? Lena, say, Daddy coming home, Daddy coming home, Daddy coming home, Daddy coming home. Anybody, anybody ever grow up with that threat? Anybody ever, anybody ever grow up and say, you just wait till your father get home? Mm-hmm. Some of us had the mother, she didn't wait till daddy got home. She said, no, I'm going to take care of this right now. I'm going to lay hands without wrath or doubting. <laughs> and, uh, because, because, because there comes a moment in time when, 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 when it's necessary for authority to be able to be understood. And, and, and this generation needs to understand the authority of God like never before. You can't operate in power until you are submitted to power. Huh. The centurion said, I'm under authority, therefore I'm in authority. There's never anybody in command in any military force that has ever been put in authority that first wouldn't submit it under it. Huh. Anybody with me right now? That means the measure of you being under authority is the measure that proves that you are worthy to be in authority. And so, and so, and, and the reason why we want, we want, how many want to walk in power? In God's power. How many want to walk in not your own strength and in your own power? I mean, if you're having fun in your own power, just keep on. You know? But for most of us, we've tried it in our own strength. For most of us, we've done some things in our own strength and our own ability and found out how much it wears you out. And we found out that doing it God's way is a lot better than doing it our way. We found out if we'll just get past ourselves and start really submitting the way God wants to do it, he'll take over the authority and it'll be in his power and in his might. That's why he said in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Watch, watch this, watch, watch, watch. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Most people don't understand what he's saying scripturally because they, they look at it too loosely. you got to go deeper. Most people think that he says, stand strong in the power of the Lord and in the, in the power of his might. Take on the whole armor of God. We think that, that this is armor that God made for us, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, 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 the loins girt with truth, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. We think that's the whole armor of God that God handmade for us and hand-tailored for us and then gave it to us custom-made because that's what we were taught in Sunday school. But that's not what he said. He said, be strong in the Lord and the power of might. Take unto you the whole armor of God. That means this is not armor God made for you. This is the armor God wears when he goes into battle. He didn't say, take unto you the whole armor God gave you. He said, take unto you the whole armor of God. That means God said, I'm not making armor for you to wear. I am giving you the armor I wear when I go into battle. To oh, You can't lose with the stuff you use. You can't lose. Oh, this armor has never seen a loss. This armor doesn't know how to lose. This armor only knows how to have victory. This armor only knows how to fight like God fights because it's God's armor. But he said, take unto you the whole armor of God. That means if you take on, he said, put on the whole armor. That means if you have to put it on, if it's on you, you're under it. 
Wow. The only reason you're we I'm wearing this jacket is because I submitted to the jacket. If I don't put my arm under it, it ain't on me. Some people want to walk in God's power, but they just don't want to submit to it. Some people want to walk in God's strength. They just don't want to come underneath God's command. But God's strength comes with his command. And until you submit under the authorities of God, you can't walk in the authority of God. Away with your mindset thinking all as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. The devil is a liar. I love you, Vicky Winans, but that was a good song, but not real good doctrine. Because in reality, you need more than just King Jesus. You, oh, it's, Man, I know I'm in Hampton Roads now because they got quiet on that. Because we've raised a generation in this region who thinks all I need is Jesus. The devil is a liar. You're not in God until you're not under God until you're in God. You can't be with the king until you're submitted to the kingdom. Ooh, it's quiet. And if you think the kingdom is just you and him, you got something wrong, honey. Look at them and say, it's about us, honey. That's why he said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I can't pray my Jesus, my God, because he ain't my God. He's our God. And until I learn how to walk with you, I can't walk with him. That means I have to submit to the kingdom if I'm going to be in the authority of the king. And, and so he says this. He, he's writing to them because he's saying, I want you to know that there is authority. And it's, and it's crazy that we've raised a generation now where ministry has to validate their own authority in God. It's crazy because we've run away from authority because we saw people who had authority but lack authenticity. And then all of a sudden their lack of authenticity negated their authority in our life. And so now as a result of it, we run away from authority because we see authority now as a lack of authenticity. But just because you saw wrong authority doesn't make all authority wrong. <sighs> just because you saw somebody wrong doing something wrong in the name of right doesn't mean when right comes that right is now wrong just because they were. That doesn't, just because your first husband was abusive doesn't mean every man is. Oh, Lord. Ah, I know you've been watching Lifetime movies all week. and <laughs> You got a man complex now. But, but not every man's a dog. <laughs> Look at him and say, there are some good men in the world. Amen, amen, amen. And, 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 and the problem is that sometimes we won't receive right. Because now right has to fight through wrong. And now we feel like we got to overdo things to people because, because of how wrong they've been. No, I, I don't have to apologize for your last pastor. I ain't him. I don't have to apologize for the prophecies that we're prof not prophesying, we're prophesying. Because we don't do that around here. 
Is anybody hearing me right now? I don't, have, I, don't have, I, don't have to, I don't have to apologize for people who use spiritual things to manipulate people to get them to do what they want them to do. Because we don't manipulate around here. Is anybody with me right now? But I'm not going to let you call right manipulation. Okay. You can and choose not to receive right because of the wrong and walk out of what you need in your life because there's people right now, under the sound of my voice and across everyone here in this, wherever it may be going, there are people that once walked in ministry that was powerful, anointed, moved in the presence of God, moved in the supernatural, was strong and powerful, and then something happened, whether in leadership, whether in your church, something was mishandled, somebody abused something, somebody didn't do right, somebody didn't handle right, somebody, somebody misdid something, and now it caused you to have a bad taste in your mouth for anything that's spiritual, for anything that's supernatural, for anything that walks in, in the gifts and the anointed because you saw it manipulated and now you're dying on the inside because you need that same life-giving flow and but you're but you're either going to church or you're in your own living room and you're having your own little tiny devotions and you're still feeling dry and empty and spiritually dying on the inside because the truth of the matter is you still need to be connected to the power of God in the corporate body oh God and in the name of Jesus, I call you out of the captivity of the lie of the enemy and the dishonesty that you saw. And I declare there is still a truth, there is still a way, and there is still a right move of God. Let me never say the truth is still the truth. And so, and so... That is the truth. And so you need to understand something. You need to understand as he came to them in Corinth, he, he started coming to them and he said, I want you to understand why we have the ability to speak what we do and by what authority we do it. And he starts, he starts ministering to them and he, he starts telling them, he says, you know, I want you to understand it's the power of the gospel. It's not about us. It's about him. And he said, we have not come with you with some word of dishonesty. We've not come through coercion or manipulation, he says. He, he says, but we've come in commending the truth of the gospel, of the light of the gospel of God. See, something that someone needs to understand is this, is that in order for you to receive God, you have to receive the gospel. In order for you to receive God, you'll never see God by recognition. It's only by revelation. God is not recognized, he's revealed. See, recognition starts in your mind. Recognition is, is like, is like, is like when, 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 when Miss Joan walked in and Miss... And, and Miss Jane walked in, and they're twins, right? You know the twins in here. You know Miss Joan and Miss Jane. They walked. They, they walked in here the first time. And I used to train Miss J Miss Joan back in the day in Victory Boulevard in P Town. Hey, Hallelujah! Anybody? And 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 I used to I used to, I used to train train her for years. Every and and I never expected that out of nowhere she'd come walking into my church. But but 
but she didn't come first. Her twin sister came. And so, and so when she came in, I looked across the room and I thought I recognized her. I thought she looked like what, who I thought she, and, and I didn't say nothing because I didn't want to be wrong. But I said, there's no way somebody looks just like that. Until I walked, saw both of them walk up and go, hey. And I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. Now I get it. See, that's recognition. That's recognition. That's, that's by what you see. Recognition, cognition. It means it starts with your mind, what you know. But you can't know God by what you know in your mind. It goes there, but it doesn't start there. It's because recognition is as if that you now think the thoughts that lead you to knowing God. Watch this. But before you can get recognition, you have to have revelation. That means God, see, recognition is God showed up and I recognize it was God. Revelation is God was there. I just didn't see him. Revelation is that he was present. Recognition is that he shows up. Revelation is that suddenly he unveils himself and the God was that, that was there. Now I see what was there that I didn't even know was there all the time. He didn't show up. He was already there. He was just waiting for me to see him reveal. And recognition happens in your mind, but revelation happens in your heart. Revelation happens in your spirit. That's why you have to believe him. For faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Faith does not come by seeing. Faith doesn't come by just knowing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God because Faith comes when the word hits your spirit and suddenly something bears witness with your spirit and now that it bears witness with your spirit, it begins to have a discussion with your mind. Until now, I begin to recognize things that are God that I didn't see as God before he was revealed. Now I can look back over my life and see the tragedy of my life and I don't just see the devil anymore. Now I can look back over my life and see the tragedy of my life and I can still see God's hand in the middle of all the pain because now what I did not see has been revealed because I realized he was there all the time. Look at them say, are you getting the revelation? Are you getting the revelation? Are you getting the revelation? Well, revelation cannot happen without illumination. And that's why the word of God is a light. Because the word of God comes that you might see and what was there that you did not see. Because until the light hits you, you are children of darkness. And if you're children of darkness, he says this, he said, those that were are of whom are in the world were controlled by him that is that controls this world and the, that is now made, blinded them with in their mind with darkness. For he said, if the gospel be hid, 
not that it's not there. It's just hidden. If the gospel be hid, it's hid from them that are lost. That's why you can't use the Bible to convince anybody who doesn't believe. You can have all the theological debates you want to, but they, if they don't choose to believe, they will not believe. Huh. That's the same reason why faith, faith, faith can be encouraged and built up in each other, but it can't be transferred to each other. It's because you can't force me or stop me from believing God like I do. See, you can choose to make God small if you want to. But for me, <laughs> you will not shrink the magnitude of my God and what I know and who I believe he is simply because you have the ability to put him in your faith box. But my God has revealed himself to a place where now he doesn't fit in that container anymore. And I found out that my God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly above all I could ever ask or think. And so, and, so, and so it has to be illuminated. There has to be a light. That if the gospel be hid, it's hid from them that are lost. That, that, that's why you're wearing yourself out trying to convince somebody of something they won't be revealed to them. You're saying we shouldn't witness to people. No, you should be witnessing to them. No, you should be sharing it to, to them everywhere, everywhere you go. Why? Because the gospel is the light of God. The word of God is the light of God. It doesn't mean back down from sharing it. It doesn't mean to, 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 to stop sharing it. It just means just understand that until they open up and receive and believe, they're going to be have a shroud over them that will not let them see let them see what you already see and know openly like for instance there's people that that, that come in and they say well i just don't understand why you guys give all your money to a church right and, and i don't understand why, why you, you 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 see see they can understand when if they went to the mall with me and they went to the mall with me and i went and i went and and I paid for a suit, and I paid for a suit, and, and, and then I gave the person, I broke out my wallet and opened up my wallet and started opening up bills and to ask them, what, is it, what, do, what do they need? And then I gave them the money, and then they gave me back the suit. Then they could see, because that's a natural exchange. The reason they can see it is because they can see naturally. But the reason why that same person is scratching their head when you sow to God and then walk out the room. <laughs> because if the gospel be hid, it's hid from them that are lost. But once you have seen and know that when I do what God asked me to do, and I honor God with what he asked. And if I give God what he requires, I found out that he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you meet what he wants, you don't have to worry about what you need. Is anybody with me right now? And, 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 and so 
it's understanding this that now he comes to this text. And when he comes to this text, he's saying, I want you to see something. That there's this struggle that's going on between, between what you see and what you don't see. I want you to understand that there's some things that you got to stop operating in. If you're going to start walking in God, you got to stop walking away from your own con- from walk- walking out of what you see, what you think, what you know. He said, there'll be a time. Now, now, there's people that say, well, what are you saying? Are you saying that we should not we should not use our mind? No, it's with the mind that we serve the Lord. We're not talking about a mindless gospel. We're not talking about gospel for somebody who's stupid and somebody who doesn't have understanding. In fact, in all you're getting, get understanding. We're not talking about mindlessness. We're talking about a change of mind. We're talking about a transformation of thinking. Because we're talking about going from being conformed to this world than being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That now we're not being we're not letting our mind be controlled by what we see, think, or feel. We're being controlled by what he has spoken, what he has declared, and what is so. Is anybody with me right now? Look at them and say there has to be a renewal. And he's coming to them and he says, I want you to understand that we are dying out daily to ourselves, that the life of Christ might dwell in us. And he said, I want you to see this, that the reason why there's this dichotomy going on in your life, while it seems like in your life, you're walking in parallel universes at the same time. Where on one side of your life, all hell and high water could be breaking out. But somehow, spiritually, it's like the greatest season you've walked in in your life. That you can have, that you can have something that is waging war in your understanding and on your mind and in your situation and with your children and it's fighting your mind on every side with every thought of negativity but yet with all your own understanding in spite of it you have peace that passes all that understanding how could that be happening that I understand is really happening and yet somehow in spite of what is happening I still have a peace that goes beyond what I understand is happening in my life is anybody getting me here and and, and so and so and so you got to understand that there, that God says that what is spiritual is being revealed that his word the gospel brings a light that illumination brings revelation now it's through the word of God that now as the word of God goes forward now it enables you to see something that you did not see before and it's revealed and now as it's revealed to your spirit now it can begin to be recognized in your mind And he said, that's the reason why. That there are moments in your life where what's going on outwardly looks different than what he spoke inwardly. Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the glory may be of God and not of us. That God said, I put this kind of glory in you in spite of the vessel and in spite of you. Because 
I'm going to show my glory through me doing what I said I would do in spite of what you had to go through for me to do it. That's why he said, put that last verse of 2 Corinthians up there. We are... Oh, verse, verse 9, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. <laughs> There's something going on on the outside of me. Watch this. Verse 9. I'm persecuted on the outside, but for all the persecution going on on the outside, it let, hadn't made me felt forsaken on the inside. I'm, 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 I'm cast down on the outside. They're throwing me to the dogs on the outside. But in spite of wherever they threw me, I'm still not destroyed. See, I want to I give you the, the, the difference between those that, 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 that get, get their life destroyed and still somehow rise from the ashes. From those that when all hell breaks loose, they just collapse and fall by the wayside, never to be and, and just conform to the catastrophe in their life. is because the difference is not in their own strength. And the difference is not in their own willpower. And the difference is not in their own ability to be able to know what they know and have abilities and intellect. No, the difference is because life will send you some stuff that your mind cannot comprehend. Life will send you some stuff that no matter how strong you are and powerful you are and altogether you are and well-to-do you are, it will not be able to handle the difference between the saints and the eights, the difference between those that refuse to fail and those that fall by the wayside is not the strength of who they are, but the strength of what they believe on the inside. Look at this high five. Somebody say, I still believe. I still believe. I've been through hell, but I still believe. I've been through high water, but I still believe. I've been through trouble in every way, but yet I, I still. Uh, uh, I feel the Holy Ghost now. I feel my help coming for this last six minutes right here. I feel my help. I feel strength in this place because somebody in this room needs to know the reason you are still where you are is because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's because the promise won't let you quit. It's because what he said won't let you give up. It's because there's an undeniability inside of you about what God said about you that no matter what they said about you no matter what they did to you no matter what they put on you doesn't make a difference because oh, see this is what you need to understand about the devil is that the devil understands there was some time ago there was a guy that was going around like Dr. Kevorkian his name was anybody remember Kevorkian anybody remember euthanasia I mean still a thing but euthanasia, the whole idea was this, is that he, he, would, he, could not, he could not kill them for them. If he killed them and, and inserted the poison or whatever serum he put into their veins, 
Though they wanted to commit suicide, he could not inject them with it. If he injected them with it, then it's murder. But he would put all the formula together and then let them take the syringe, give them all the detailed instruction for them to be able to do it and commit suicide themselves. See, what the enemy understands is that he can't mess with you. The enemy understands he can't take you out. If he, the only recourse he has is to give you the formula for you to take your own self out. He only has to give you the thoughts. He only has to give you the projection. He only puts around you the things around your life for your life and mind to be able to see those things and then for yourself begin to make up your own mind that I need, I can't take it no more. I'm done living. I can't make it any longer. Why? It's because he can't take you out. He just needs to help you take you out. Oh, look at him say, the devil is a liar. 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 Why? It's because that, because he just wants you to begin to think the wrong thought. If you begin to think wrong, you'll begin to do wrong. If you begin to think outside and what you're going through and what you're dealing with, then now you're overwhelmed by what you're doing with. And now, even though God has spoken in your life, you can't even see what God is saying in your life because you're too busy being cautious or cognizant of what is going on around your life and God that's why it's one thing to be delivered it's another thing to be healed it's one thing to be saved it's another thing to be healed that's what makes saved people make wrong choices the wrong choice didn't say they weren't saved. The wrong choice said they were saved but not healed. Until now, they're thinking carnal thoughts in a spiritual walk. Until now, they're in the spirit but walking in the flesh. Is, it, is anybody with me? Because now they're still trying to pursue the promise without releasing the pain watch Israel came out of Egypt and when Israel came out of Egypt they came out on eagle's wings they came out of came out of came out of Egypt after 400 years of bondage 400 years of bondage this is what causes this is what causes a whole nation that's called to take a promise that takes 6 days it takes six days to walk from Egypt to the promised land. Six days. It took them 40 years. 40 years. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be yoked up with nobody who takes 40 years to do what we could do in six days. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, see, huh? See, what you got to understand is that time is not an issue to God. What you got to understand is that God lives in eternity and not in time. 
And God operates in eternity. He just moves with you and deals with you in time. Because you're in time, but he's in eternity. And because he's in eternity, he doesn't think according to the corridors of time. So when God speaks something, he doesn't speak it to time. He speaks it from eternal perspective and then it manifests in time. See, if you don't understand that, then you'll think, see, not only is he eternal, but he's also omniscient. That means he's not only all, always has been, always will be. That means there's no birthday for God. He's always been, always will be, but also he's all-knowing. If he's eternal and omniscient, that means he's known all things as long as he has been all things. That means for all eternity, he's always known what's going to happen tomorrow when it was, when it was, when it was 056 A.D. That means he didn't try to figure tomorrow's news out. He is tomorrow's news. He's not watching CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, wherever your slant go. He's not, wa he's not watching any of that. He is Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. He's writing it. Why? It's because he's already been there. That means everything that he says about you, he's already known for you and had for you before you were even born. Before the world ever existed, he chose you in him. That means this much. See, I know the prophet told you that God's going to do this for you on Sunday. I know now you got to wait till Sunday. But if God said he's going to happen Sunday, God didn't, God didn't say it about Sunday. God, God just said it in eternity. That means if you believe now, then what is waiting on Sunday can happen right now in this moment. Look at neighbor say, I'm about to get some stuff early. <laughs> I'm about to get some stuff early. He ain't going to have to take me through all the stuff he thought he had to take me through for six days. I'm going to get the quick quiz on this one. God, give it to me now. I'll take it and receive it here. Because any time that God takes six days to do it, it's not because he's getting it ready. He's getting you ready for it. It was ready the moment he released it. The process is not it. The process is you. So if you just go ahead and say, God, do the process now, and let's get this over with, God, then I can receive it before you said I could have it, because now I'm ready for it before you thought I was. Is anybody with me? That means, watch this. Six days. For 40 years. Why? It's because it took six days journey in the natural. But it took 40 years in their mind. And it took 40 years for their mind to be renewed from what 400 years has done. Until they stand on this mountain. And this is pretty good time. Hey. Bishop. He's doing miracles today. And they stand on this mountain. And Moses turns to them. After 40 years. And after them standing on that mountain. Year after year. Looking over. You have to understand this mountain overlooks the promised land from the wilderness. And they're standing on the side of the Jordan up on a mountain 
And as they look over into the promise, Moses turns to them and said, we've dwelt here long enough. Haven't we gone enough trips around the wilderness? Haven't we been fighting the same enemies? And dealing with the same unbelief? And wrestling the same thing? And then Moses gives them the diagnosis of their answer. He said, we've dwelt here long enough. It's time for us to go in and possess the promise which was given unto us by our fathers. That the same God that gave it to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob now gave it unto their seed for us to now possess what he spoke to them. He said, all the time, Israel, you thought the promise was waiting on you. Was that you were waiting on the promise, but in reality, the promise was waiting on you. And he said, the problem this, watch this, he turns and he says this, he says, I realize your problem now is not that you don't believe the promise is real. It's not that you don't believe the promise is for you. It's not that you don't believe that what God said really is. You've already tasted the grapes. You've already had the pomegranates. The problem is, it's not how you see God. The problem is how you see Him. And today, he says, may the Lord God make you a thousand times. Your neighbor, you're a, they tell them you're a thousand times more. See, the problem is not what God has called you and said about you. The problem, see, that's the Holy Ghost, the mighty rushing wind. You got my back today, I feel it. It's not. It's not how you see God. It's how, it's not what God says about you. The thing you're wrestling with is what Egypt said about you. The thing you're wrestling with is what the wilderness and the bad decisions and the rebellious seasons and all that was went through in the battles you fought. It's not how you see it, it's how... God said, I wish you would know that in me, you're a thousand times greater than you think you are. You have a thousand times more anointing than you think you do. You have a thousand times more strength than you know. You have a thousand times greater grace on your life than you've allowed yourself to walk in. 
you have a thousand times more blessing, a thousand times more promises, a thousand times more destiny than your faults, your hurts, your pains has allowed you to see about yourself. And I came today to speak to your mind and declare it's time for all of Egypt to come off of you and all you've been through to fall from you for you to see yourself one more time like God's seen you all the time. Stand with me all over this room. Look at your neighbor and say you're a thousand times more. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? What's stopping you? What's the fear? What's the anxiety? What's the insecurity? What's the thing that keeps speaking to your esteem lies about you? Until when you look in the mirror, you can't see you. You just see what it all says about you. Because I've realized that what stops people from going for it is not that they don't believe God. What separates those that go for it in spite of what they've been through from those that just quit when they've gone through it in the middle of it? It's not that they don't believe God spoke it. It's just how they see themselves with all they've been through. But can I tell you, you couldn't have had the promise if you hadn't gone through the wilderness. And there's somebody in here, you know what it is, to have God call you to a six-day journey only for it to take you. Maybe a year, maybe five years, maybe it's been a decade since that promise. Until you almost feel like God wasn't really for me. And God, did you really mean that about, then why did my life go in the other direction? Why did it seem like everything got harder? It's because there's no way you can walk into the promise if you don't make it through the wilderness. And God wasn't using the wilderness to test you for him. God was using the wilderness to prove you to you. That when you've gone through it, 
you'll come out the other side. And if you really still believe me, in spite of all you've went through, you'll still possess what I promised you. And know that I've been struck down, but I wasn't destroyed. Lift your hands all over this room right now, right where you are, the presence of God so strong. I'm finished. This series going in. See, there's somebody in here, you got delivered out of a lot of things. And it's not that you didn't make it out of it. The problem is that now you made it out of it, but still it is in you. And now God delivered you out of it, but now God's got to deliver it from you. That's what causes you to come through that abuse. And you come out of the abuse and you're no longer in the abuse. But now the anger, the unforgiveness, the distrust because of what they did. You made it out of it, but now it left itself in you. What you saw, what you did, what someone And I feel in the name of Jesus, he said to tell you, I brought you out of darkness to walk into my marvelous light. I don't know who this is, but God said it's time. You made it out. Now it's time to make it in. You made it out of all you made it out of. Do you think I would have let you come through all that and not bring you into everything I promise you? The devil is a liar. You didn't go through that pain and him not bring you into power. You didn't go through that hurt and not God bring you into this level of healing. God said, this light affliction, which lasted but for a moment, served you and more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That time you went through can't stop what eternity has for you because eternity overrides time. And that was just a time. That was just a season. It's time for that season to die and that season to give way to what eternally God has spoken for your life. That season didn't change it. That season didn't stop God from what he said. He hadn't changed his mind about you. And it's not too late for you. Ooh. Grab the hand of somebody next to you and say, you've been here long enough. You've been in this holding pattern long enough. You've been on perpetual pause long enough. You've been going the same motion spiritually long enough. You've been wrestling the same devil and the same mindsets and the same hurt and focusing on all that went through 
long enough. It's time to go in. It's time to go in. It's time to go in. You know, when they came across the Jordan, and the moment they entered in, the first thing we always think about is Jericho, right? As soon as they cross the Jordan, we always think about now they go in, they drive out the giants, they bring down the walls. No, no, no. The first stop they had to make when they crossed over was not Jericho, but Gilgal. He said, because I can't bring you to Jericho until you get to Gilgal. Why? It's because he said, at Gilgal, I will roll the reproach of Egypt from off of you. He said, you can't go in this place carrying them old bags. I need you to go by baggage check before you enter in this promise. Because I can't have you walk in to be my children of promise. Still thinking in your mind, your children of bondage. That was then, and this is now. It's time for Egypt to, to come up off you. It's time for what you went through to come out of your heart. To come off your mind. It's time for God to renew to renew your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing. Lift that hand you're holding right now. Lift that hand. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to speak over the promises in their life. I want you to begin to speak over the destiny in their life. See, I'm talking to somebody in here. There's some promises God gave you when you were 12 years old. There's some promises God gave you when you were 8 years old. But between here and then, you can see a whole lifetime. Lifetime of hurts, lifetimes of disappointment, lifetimes of pain. Lifetimes of letdown, lifetimes of mistakes. Today, may the Lord make you a thousand times more, a thousand times more, a thousand times beyond what your pain said, a thousand times what the wilderness keeps telling you, a thousand times. I know it's late. And I know they took an offering, but here's how I feel God leading me. Here's how I feel God leading me. I want everyone in this room, just grab an envelope next to you, near you, around you, anybody, anywhere. Just grab an envelope. These, are, these will be for me. Yo, grab an envelope. If we, if we have somebody, I just want you to put it in your hand. Thank you, Jesus. A thousand times. 
a thousand times. We've said in this season, 2020, we're going in. And you're not in till you're all in. And I was just going to have, have you pray and go home. But the Holy Spirit arrested me. When I was praying this morning, in the back room, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want, I want you to get Josh to bring you 12, 12 envelopes. Today's the 12th day of the fast. And God said, 12 is the number of discipleship. Twelve disciples, twelve tribes of Israel. You know, when they crossed into the promised land, they didn't go all in. You know, they went in, but then there was Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The two and a half tribes stayed on the other side of in the wilderness. And when the Babylonian captivity came, I wonder who were the first ones to be taken captive. Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh. Because when God said, go in and possess it, see, it wasn't that they didn't go in and fight for the land, they did, but when they had fought and possessed it, they came and pitched their tent on the wilderness. And God said, when I said, go in and possess it, I didn't say go in and get the victory. I said, go in and possess. That means I intend for you to dwell in what you laid hold of. I didn't say partially in. I didn't say kind of in. I said all in. And so, I believe in 2020 that there's things in your life that you've been staring at. There's promises that for years, you know, there's a life you know God has for you, a calling, a purpose, something he wants for your marriage, your home, your destiny, your ministry. And you've been, but every time you get ready to think about it, what you've gone through, what you've been through, just paralyzes you. And I speak like Moses today. And I declare you've dwelt here long enough. It's time. This is the season. This is the year. This is the hour that you possess what God promised and said for your life. And I speak to the things that have wrestled your mind. And I declare it's about to be renewed in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a praise in this house right now. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Make sure you check out our other episodes as well as our website, limitless.faith. There, you'll be able to find all of our social media links, including our Discord channel. This is an online platform where you can stay connected and updated with everything going on with Limitless Church. We'll see you next time.